Welcome back, Ram fans. This is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 280 of Rams Up. We have the second part of our roundtable. Paul Wallia, Ian Martinez, and Tom Kortz. And following that, my loop around the league, taking stock of the NFC after eight weeks of the NFL season. Before we get into the roundtable, some quick notes. Matthew Stafford did not practice on Wednesday. He will not be going on IR, though. The Rams signed Dresser Wynn as their emergency backup quarterback, I guess you'd call him, for Sunday, just in case Stafford can't suit up. Ernest Jones and Rob Havenstein also not practicing. Limited, Lorel Murchison, Kobe Durant, Puka Nakua, Ethan Evans, Ben Skowronik and Austin Trammell. What I don't get is why did Ernest Jones stay in the game so long with the result no longer in doubt and then he can't practice this week? Should have pulled him. That's all I'm going to say about that. On to the second part of that roundtable. We had the first part yesterday. Hopefully you caught that. Here we go. Right. Now the coaching is going to be a premium. Absolutely. On the defensive side of the ball, listen, Raheem Morris has done a great job with what he has. Does not have a lot of firepower. We talked about this last week. Look at the Rams offense. The Rams offense is the strength of this team. Where most of the, you know, uh, if you want to say scraping has happened, has been on defense. Right? That's really where a lot of the scraping has happened. So the other thing about the path forward is and we're talking about holding the edge and outside. You know, every move we really have to project forward. And I was telling Tom this, if this is accurate, and I've been reading it for two weeks, and I just read something that one of the beat writers from Washington put out. If Washington is seriously shopping Montez Sweat, and they're only asking for a third round pick, if this is legitimate, right, considering what the Rams are willing to play a pay for Brian Burns, Montez Sweat is a guy you can bring in Give him a decent contract. You don't have to break the bank, and he's going to be like a Leonard Floyd for you. And I, I will say this. Watch a commander's game and watch Montez Sweat play the run. It is a thing of beauty. This kid, and, and the, his pass rush is not where it should be at this point of his career, and that's okay. That can develop. But the way this kid plays the run, the physicality, just the natural ability of this kid, Montez Sweat, the Rams, if they can get him for a third round, even if they have to give up a third and maybe something else, they should do it. This kid can be on the team for a couple of years. He's worth it. He's a great player. He's going to fit into this offense. Listen, when when the Rams' defense is great, Ian, what does it look like? The edges are what? Strong and everything is funneled to the middle. Everything's about edge rushers in today's game. That's that's yeah. everything. I mean, it's can you cover and can you get to the quarterback? And that's just the reality and of the modern NFL. Able, 
right? And being able to control that first and second down and force them into plays that are three, three and a half yards, right? Get yeah. them into that third down situation that we our pass rush takes over. What Montez Sweat will do for the Rams' rush defense, particularly on the strong side, right? Um, plus with the pass rush that he theoretically could bring, alongside with Donald and everybody else. Think about that. Think about what you would have. You would have Sweat. You would have Kobe Turner. You would have Aaron Donald, right? You would have Jonah Williams. Hopefully we'll bring in some more size, right, at some point. And then on the back side, you could have a situation of Monster Zero and Hoyt. I'd, I'd, I'd rock and roll with that. I'd oh, rock yeah, and roll with sure. that. Okay? So, and thinking for next year, that's not, and you can build upon that. You could build upon that, and that's that's the point, right? And I think um, the secondary part of it, uh, cor- the, you know, the cornerback situation is just a disaster. It's just a disaster. I said it last week. Listen, you shouldn't have started Darion Kendrick after what happened. Listen, yeah, he's he's lost it, man. It's just unraveling. This poor kid, it you is. know, and not to make excuses for him, you got you got to save him from himself at this point. You know, this is just waiting for something bad to happen. Right, and you could just see it, you know. Sunday, well, Sunday was bad, Paul. Shoot, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're just waiting for something bad to happen. But I think moving forward, I think that's the way to go. The Rams have been drafting fairly well. They'll bring in some more young talent, and we'll see what's available in the off season. Um, but I think you could still salvage this season for what it is. If you rely on the running game, bringing the quarterback. Um, maybe somebody else that might be available, but those three pop into my head right away. And then uh, if on the defensive side of the ball, definitely bring in Montez Sweat. You know, bring a little juice to that defense. You know, cornerbacks are at a premium. You're not going to find a cornerback. It's not going to happen. Every team wants a cornerback. The price is going to be just. It's going to be the only thing you can look for is maybe there's a player that you like. Um, that might get cut, waved, whatever, and you can pick somebody up that you think like we did with Witherspoon, right? Um, but for now, I think the best way you're going to get value for your um, what it, draft pick or whatever it is, is gonna, the, from what I see and what's out there, is Montez Sweat. Do you guys think that we could uh, – we don't know what Kobe Durant's status is, you know, longer term, that, you know, that shoulder. But well, well, Tommy, I heard it was a stinger, so I, it should be a day-to-day, and he'll likely play on Sunday. Basically. Yeah, he'll likely play. Do you think yeah. that we can get uh, Trey Tomlinson out there? And, I, and it's time to see do? him. It's time to see him. I think, he, I think the kid can play. I said it two weeks ago. I said I think that kid can play. I think he can play, too. He's undersized, but but he's got all – he's got every other attribute. And, um, yeah, I think that in this day and age – you know, athleticism rules and, you know, how many Megatrons are there out there, right? They can just, you can just throw the ball up to not, not that many. So I agree. I think we need to get, we need to get him out there. Um, I'm not that I'm not in a lot of a big favor of trading for somebody unless he can be a, a long-term asset for us, you know, for the next few years. Uh, and, but I really do. I think there's other guys on this team that we still need to see. And, um, and we, we talked about Michael Hoyt making some progress. I want to keep him out there, keep him developing, um, not take any reps away from him. Obviously, we have Byron Young who's playing well. He still needs to get some, you know, get that edge sealed up a little bit. Ben and, Balkenberg. Uh, Don't forget Ben Balkenberg. Balkenberg is, you know, playing well, you know, and he, he needs to get some reps. So I, I I feel like we stick stay with the course of the strategy as on the defensive side of the ball, at least, of getting these guys reps. 
um, that the secondary is getting beat up a little bit. And uh, uh, obviously Kendrick is shot. I mean, I'll just say it. I've been as big a defender as anybody for him. And I texted you, Paul, on Sunday, and I'm done effing defending this guy. I'm done. <laughs> and uh, and so, uh, uh, but I, I want to see Trey Tomlinson and, and Kobe Durant. And, and um, Shelly. Yeah, and get more Quentin Lake out there. And, um, yeah, I think those guys, uh, that's our future. And we got to see if they can play together. And so we know who to go after in the offseason. So, um, yeah, so let, let's move on to uh, to the uh, – well, yeah, let's just, it just in terms of, like, what are obvious needs for next year, right? I mean, so if we're, if we're, if we're looking at this, what, what are the holes that we don't think this team is filling – or, or are very questionable. So we mentioned a couple um, with cornerback. We don't, but we still need to see a few guys, right? But, but to emerge kind of a, as a championship team, are there is there anything that we, if we are going to make a trade, I guess put it this way, if we are going to make a trade for a long-term player, well, you mentioned a guy like Sweat, but what are some other positions where if the Rams did want to make a long-term investment that we would make it at? Ian, go ahead. Uh, offensive line. Offensive line, easily. Steve Avila had a really, really terrible game, but so did every old lineman on our squad uh, this past Sunday. But I think he'll get better. He's still a young player. I think long-term at center, possibly, even though I like the way Coleman Shelton has um, has played as well. But I think for you know for many, many years down the road, I think that could be an investment. Rob Havenstein's not a young guy, so that could be a future investment that's you know could be drafted or traded for. And I think Alarks had an up and down year. There's been games where I've been impressed. There's games where I'm like, mm. and there's games like this past Sunday where I was like, oof. So I think, I think if we can find a staple left tackle, young, young enough, I should say, that could play for many, many years, preferably left tackle. So I know Rob's still playing solid football, but he's not a young, young dude anymore. We just got to keep it real there. I think if that could be a trade alignment of some sort, because look at guys, like I've said, the Rams online, they just don't handle stunts and blitz as well. We need linemen that can 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 handle that, or we're just going to continue to lose more games. So I think that investment, and of course, a corner, a safety, pretty much anybody on defense, let's just keep it real. Any position that would be a major upgrade on defense would be great. Obviously, corner, safety, D-line, edge. I mean, it's just the, anybody on the entire defense would be an upgrade if we can trade for somebody or draft somebody in that in that regard. So I think every spot's pretty much open other than receiver, right? I mean, quarterback possibility, right, depending on Stafford's health and whatever is going to go on with him the rest of the season. Running back, you know, Kyron's been hurt multiple years. Daryl, I know Royce is running, running well, but he's been a journeyman. Daryl, I wasn't signed for a long time. Uh, our, our rookie um, Evans can't even crack the game day roster. You know, so other than receiver, I think every position's up for a trade or a significant draft pick. So I know that was very, very, uh, what's I want to say? Very grand. That wasn't very specific, but I think all that should be a priority, but every other position other than receiver should be a, an option. We just, we need upgrades. That's just the reality. Yeah, the uh, 
obviously the O line is tough to trade for. There's a lot of people don't give up those in trades, and oh, I know. and so they're they're mostly drafted. But the good news is there this is a really strong tackle class coming out, um, tackles and and uh, and quarterback. So um, you know two two uh, two big needs for the Rams moving forward as, in the coming years. So um, wanted to ask you guys, um, Paul, I'll go to you on this. What do you think the Rams' strategy is at the tight end position we got um you know we have four tight ends on the active roster when uh long comes off of ir right he was designated to return they did a really weird thing and i'm, I'm a kind of a a uh you know one of these nuts about following roster moves and things and they he was on the pup which is kind of a you know the the, the downside of being on a pup is you're, you cannot starting the season on pup is you you can't have played in any participated in preseason in any way, shape, or form. You have to go on PUP at the beginning of the preseason. So he started on PUP. He didn't play the entire preseason. The day before they go to the 53, they activate him off of PUP, and then the day after they put him on 53, they put him on the IR. Still can't get a straight answer as to why they did that, because now that he's come off of IR, they used one of the eight slots to come off of IR. If he had just stayed on PUP and taken him off of PUP, that wouldn't have been the case. Anyway. One needed to get that off my chest, but, <laughs> Good. uh, but, uh, but, you know, the bigger question is four tight ends, right. When he comes back in the next, you know, maybe after the bye week or something like that, what do you think the strategy is there, Paul? So the, I, I said it from the beginning of the season. So I, I, as much as I know McVay loves Tyler Higby, right. Once again, the Dave Roberts esque uh fascination with a certain player right <laughs> that extends for multiple years so they ex- they extended higby right right so and you know i mean rams nation knows uh i'm a big bryson hopkins guy i want to see bryson hopkins play right i think you know i, I gotta tell you i i like this kid uh davis allen i really do i like this kid he's big he's physical he likes to block um, I would have loved to have seen those two players get a bulk of playing time instead of Higby, right? Um, I'm, you know, like I said, I, I think Higby is is a solid tight end, a rock solid tight end. However, can't stay healthy, can't play, make big plays consistently. That's his career. There's nothing wrong with that. Proof of positive wasn't even active when the Rams won the Super Bowl. He was out. He was injured. The Rams won the Super Bowl without him. So that's the team telling you, you know, indirectly that we can win without him, right? So having said that, I just think, you know, we have two talented tight ends behind Higby. I don't know how they're going to see the field. McVay never goes two tight ends. We might see now with uh, now that Stafford has been battered and they have to bring in a replacement quarterback, maybe he will. I don't, I don't know. That might be the best thing to do is get those talented tight ends on the field. Uh, I just don't see if you already extended Higby, who I thought had great trade value. Right, Tom and I had talked about this. I thought Higby was the last real trade chip the team had. It was he. Was, am I wrong in that, guys? Yeah, no, 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 no. yeah, it was the guy. He was the he it was, was the viable guy. trade chip. I'm so, still holding out hope, even though I've been saying it for two years. Right. 
I'm still holding out hope they trade him here at the deadline. But but gentlemen, isn't it weird how it's how, how his style of play has completely 180 for years? He was like, man, great hands, really good catch. His yeah. blocking was whatever. Now that his blocking has been pretty good on a consistent level now, his catching has 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 reversed into being the yeah. lesser of his strengths. It's I just what happened? Because remember that 2019 year where he just went off that second half of the season and was like breaking Rams records and stuff. And it was like, yeah. Oh my God, Higby, where was this? And you then know, it's just like, crazy how that just 180. Now he can yeah. block. Now he can't catch when he couldn't block. He was catching everything. It's just like, what happened, dude? When he, when they call those plays, those motion plays, when he motions and he goes across, those right. Runs, yeah. those counters and those misdirections. Yeah, he can block, man. He, you know, he shocks me a couple of times. He can rip it. He's been doing a fantastic job. So everyone out, everyone out there, these run plays that we're talking about, it's called duo. And basically, you man block, double team block, or down block, basically to clear up a gap on the outside, and you leave the edge rusher alone for the fullback. We have no fullback. We use receivers and tight ends to block him one on one and kick him out of the way. So we have Higby. Lined up in his traditional tight end spot, but back so he can motion, right? Not in a three-point stance. We motion him one way to see the coverage, and then we do a quick jet motion so he's in a running start to hit that edge rusher and clear him out in that duo gap concept. And he does a great job. Every time he's done it, he's whacked the defensive end. He whacked Dante Fowler a bunch. He whacked Demarcus Lawrence. And I was like, oh, nice. And it's been consistent the whole year. So that's improved. In years past, he was whiffing on blocks a lot. It's just it's just crazy. And when they run that tight end lead, right, when they run that tight end lead, do you ever see when they run the tight end lead? Yeah, that too. Yeah. That's a great running play, especially Freeman. Paul, we only see that play twice every game. That's it. That's the issue. We only see it's duo and ISO, and it's like, oh, here's a little one reverse. Here's that one tight end lead. Here's that one. But it's just that's we've gone into enough weeks killing me. But to to your point about Higby, it's just crazy how it flipped. Now we want to like oh get him off the team, and it's just unfortunate that it's changed that way. But guys, what are we gonna do with Bryson Hopkins, David Davis Allen, and Long on this roster? I, I I don't know those two. I I honestly, if you want to see kids play, you gotta you gotta give them playing time, right? That's how, how are you gonna get, answer? Yeah, yeah. And you're not using Higby on the seam routes. You know, Higby should have that seam route literally every game at least five or six times, right? Ian, right? You watch the uh, all twenty two. Think about that. If they're squatting on Puka and Cup, that means that seam routes there all day, right? And that Higby size. I mean, you could just put it up there like he's sl- like he's dunking a basketball. And he's going to be the only one coming down with it. But you know, so I don't really understand. Yeah. So I agree with you, Tom. I'm I'm perplexed too. I don't understand what the issue was or what they're trying to accomplish with a position that they undervalue anyway, which has turned really into a position with a ton of talent for them. So they may make a move. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure um, there would be a team that would be willing to. Uh, you know, give up something for Bryson Hopkins. I would hate to see him go, but I mean, you extended Higby, so I don't really know what they're trying to do. I will tell you one position that they really have to pay attention to, which is becoming extremely problematic. And I understand their scheme and everything else, but this boundary corner situation is really getting out of control, right? They have no one outside of Kendrick that can really. So even look, Tomlinson and Shelley, they really got to see what these guys can do. 
to be in all honesty, they have to get them on the field to find out what these guys can do because the cornerback situation is such a liability for this defense. It really is. And you and you can't blame Raheem. You know, he's been blitzing a lot. I got to give him credit. I don't know how he sleeps at night because <laughs> he must, you know, he must be taking like, you know, like some serious, serious sleep aids because I have nightmares thinking about that secondary and he's blitzing. So he's really, really shown a lot of moxie, but they really have to do something about that cornerback scenario. So I would love to see Shelly and Tomlinson just so we can see what they can do, but they have to play more than just a couple of snaps. They got to get in there, regular rotation. The safeties are starting to look good. Listen, yeast has surprised me. I, I really, I have to say, Yeast has surprised me. Lake has surprised me. And with Fuller, that's a solid three. That's a solid three right there. And if we can find a couple, somebody else next to Witherspoon other than Kendrick, right? We know Kobe Durant can hold down the slot. Kid's a slot god. There's no question about it. He's just got, he's just got the size. It's a liability. He gets beat up a lot. But if we can get a couple more corners that can play, and then in the offseason, they have to make it a priority. They have to make it a priority. They have to bring in a veteran corner that is good in zone, really good in zone. But here's the problem with the Rams corners. They do not make plays on the ball. They may knock a ball away. They are not turning them into INTs. The Rams are not generating turnovers in the secondary. That is a major issue. The whole idea of sitting back and forcing an offense to throw into your pockets is that you're going to get those turnovers. Now, when Kendrick, remember that play when Kendrick got burned? Yeast, he should have jumped that route. That should have been a pick. Mm. But jumped on the tight end that was crossing. Watch that play again. He jumped on the tight end that was crossing in front of him, right? And when they ran it, listen, your priority is to shut down who? Lamb. I, I can't even tell you who's the starting tight end on the Dallas team. You're telling me you jumped on the tight end and left Lamel open on one-on-one situation with Kendrick? That's the wrong call. But in any case, they really need to solve this cornerback scenario. I think that's something that they really need to do. I think in the draft, you can always find guys that can rush. Um, they need to also bring in who is going to be the replacement for Ashawn Robinson. They really miss Ashawn Robinson on first. I miss him as well. Yeah, and you listen, Tom's wearing his jersey right now, for those of you in Ram Nation, right? <laughs> Tom and I said we were going to wear his jersey all season because he should not, and that was a great signing by the Rams. I still remember people balking at that signing. He's a part-time player, and they were like, yeah, we know, but he's a part-time player that you can't run on, and he made that defense sing. He really did because on first and second down, he made sure it was third and three, third and four because you couldn't run on him, and you could move him anywhere on the line, and he would shut down gap gap and a half. So um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, in the offseason a nice moderate cost signing, a guy who can plug, um, you know, a plug a gap and a half. I, I think that's going to be another thing. And then keep bringing in talent on the O-line. Keep bringing in young talent from – use your draft picks wisely. Bring in young talent there. Also, keep feeding those young wide receivers – Right. Make that that your area of depth. Right. Go four, five, six deep. Right. If you want to throw, you know, McVay's going to want to throw the ball. 
have as many weapons as humanly possible out there. And then we'll see what we're going to do with Stafford. Hopefully Stafford can play till he's 42. <laughs> I don't know about that. <clears throat> I think he's got one more year in him if he can come back this, this year and yeah. be healthy. I think they might shut him down, quite frankly. I really do. I think that, uh, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it's a, I think that's a, a very, uh, it might need some, you know, we'll see what happens. It's, it's early first, first day after the injury, but, but we'll see. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, guys. So, any parting thoughts on um, on? Well, let me ask you this. Let's part with this. Uh, Ian, can the Rams still make the playoffs? And if so, what would they need to do? Ironically, even after a lot of crappy losses, the NFC just is not good, and there's still a chance, which is insane insane that there's still a fighting chance and yes it's possible but let's be real let's be real about it rams got to win at least nine games they win they have to at least win nine games to have a legit chance not eight which it could be depending on things shake out but i think if they win nine there's a legitimate chance you know that week 18 game will matter a lot and that could maybe bolster us into the playoff picture so let's Let's go through that real quick. Who do they need to beat to get to nine wins? Right? So we got Green Bay. Their offense is awful. Got to beat them. Right? We have our bye week. Hopefully everybody heals up. Ernest's knee, Matthew's thumb, Havenstein's calf, you know, Kobe's shoulder, Kyron's ankle. You know, we can go on and on and on. Got to beat Green Bay. Come out of the bye. Got to get a win against Seattle again. Got to sweep them. We have to. Got to beat Arizona. That game has to be won. We also have to beat the Commanders. We have to beat the Saints, and we have to beat the Giants. That's six more wins to add to the three that we have to get to nine. Those games absolutely need to be Ws. And if we don't, we better find a way to upset Cleveland. We better find a way to upset the Niners or upset Baltimore, right? And that's, those are not going to be simple things to do. And if we do that by running the ball more than we pass it and not running duo 20 times. And I, you know, I, so another 15, let's diversify the run game. Everybody let's see more reverses. Let's see more jet sweeps. Let's see more power blast counter GT guard tackle counter. Let's see everything. If we do that, we'll have a chance. And I think whether Stafford plays this week and beyond, whether we have to roll with Rippon, which I don't feel great about that at all, or we sign somebody off the street, we have to run the ball more than we pass it. And if we do that, it'll keep the quarterback upright. Our old linemen will get in a groove because they're attacking people and not reacting. Our defense will get more rest, which means they'll be able to be more explosive when they're on the field. It all comes together. Running the football will keep us in games. But we have to get to nine wins, and that's how it'll get done. But those six teams that I mentioned, 
we blow one of those games, we have to win against Cleveland or Baltimore or a Niners. But that's how it's got to be. Paul, what are your thoughts? How does this team make the playoffs? So, Ram Nation, I was uh, I was coaxed by by Tom Quartz, right, into that this season was going to be a transition year. And I hate to admit, I, I think he was right, right? I, I don't know. I think part of it is, is uh, I don't know if the, if the Rams' hearts were really into this season in terms of trying to win it all, right? Even though as fans, we want that to happen. So I'm going to give it my my fantasy uh, scenario and then the, probably a more realistic scenario. So, Ian, I think if they bring in somebody and that person does a really good job and the Rams record breaks to 500, wouldn't it be great to say, okay, roll Stafford for the final four or five games. Let's see if we can get a winning record and we roll a 9-7 into the playoffs, right? Yeah. In the end, I think that's very viable. Listen, you might be able to get him with an 8-8. It's happened before, right? It's happened before. And Paul, right now, the standings are currently – We'll go to just the wild card. Who cares about the division leaders right yeah. now? The Cowboys at five, five and two. 49ers yep. at the sixth seed right now, five and three. Vikings with the torn Achilles, Kirk Cousins, four, four. seven seed, four and four. It's totally in the grass. And who's ahead of us right now? The Saints. We take care of business, uh, you know, in New Orleans in December. We'll have the tiebreaker. Buccaneers, I mean, obviously we don't face them, but there'll be some losses on their end as well, probably. And we can get that seven seed, but we just gotta just take care of our of our shit. It's that simple. Yeah. Now the more realistic thing is if you know, listen, Stafford's you know the thumb is all bandaged up and everything else. Listen, why take the chance, right? One one bad, you know, he throws the ball, hits his thumb on a helmet, whatever it is, right? But it was great to see. I just want to say this: I want to go on record, Ram Nation. This dude who wound up with his uh, hand bandaged up, did you see that bullet that he threw to the skull man, right, before they pulled him out of the game? Paul, and to that point, because we didn't talk about this earlier and you just – the light bulb went off. And this is back to McVay's play client. What the hell are we doing running uh, a Philly-Philly quarterback uh, <laughs> fake play to your quarterback who not that much earlier um, practically almost he, – he broke his thumb – so let's throw a pass to him. And obviously you could say, oh, Tutu should have thrown a better. Come on, Tutu. You played high school quarterback. You should be able to do it better. La, 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 la. What right. are we doing? Why are we throwing a ball to our quarterback who has a hurt thumb? And I, and shocker, him catching it and diving, that's when he injured his thumb completely right. and it was done for the game. What are we doing? What are yeah. we doing, dude? Anyway, I just had to say that. I know people will listen and be like, oh, nobody mentioned that. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> With all the firepower we have, that's what we have to resort to, right? Oh. I'm sure they. I'm sure he had the quadruple flea flicker ready to go too. If we needed that. the quadruple killing me, McVeigh, you're killing me with your play calls this year, yeah, brother. Yeah. I, Jesus, I think, I think that's a good point, though, dude. I mean, listen, last year was a tough one. Now this year's turning into a tough one. At what point do we go into a season and say, look, are we going to be serious about winning this or not? You know. So, um, listen, I, I just think that I think they're I, – I agree with Tom. I think they're going to wrap up the season. I think if what happens tomorrow, if the report comes back that staff's thumb is worse than expected, 
I think they're going to wrap up the season. I think he's not going to see the field. I think we're going to see a you know, chance to see a lot of the young kids play. It's going to be another tough season to watch. Uh, but listen, look, uh, I will say this, Ram Nation. Look, that's two years in a row. Listen, Mike Martz went from offensive genius to not being in the NFL in only a couple of years. Remember that? Right? So I think McVay has gone from talking about retirement, right, in one season to now possibly another losing season. I think he really needs to examine, like, is your heart still in it? You're a young guy, right? The career trajectory, you know, you're going to have fluctuations, but – I think, you know, that's a serious question. I think there's a lot of soul searching that has to happen. Um, Look, Raheem Morris is probably not going to be here next year. Somebody's going to give him a job. Yeah. And and if he doesn't get a job, the NFL is just, listen, at this point, then the NFL really has to take a close look at itself. If Raheem Morris doesn't get a job, then I I don't know what else to say. Hendo will probably wind up being the D.C., right? And I think that's fair. I think I think he deserves that spot. Eric, Eric Anderson, D-line coach. Yep, no yeah. question about it. The job he's done, he's phenomenal. So I think Hendo would be great as a DC, um, but they really have to take a look at their preparation for the season. They have some – listen, we talked about some of the advantages the Ram have in the strength and conditioning, the job that they do in that um, part of it. Um, managing the cap, they've been somewhat really, really effective. Um They've been drafting fairly well, but at some point you got to put the package together and you have to go into the season and you have to be the alpha dog. It's, you know, when, you know, 21 was 21. Listen, it's two years later. We're still having these podcasts like, oh, what are we watching? Right. We're struggling with teams that we should be you know, pulling away from. So I, I, I think. Yeah, I think the reality is, like Tom said, I think they're going to wrap it up. Excuse the pun. I think they're going to wrap it up after um, Stafford's exam tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be. I think it's going to be very telling in the you know the next twenty four hours to see what they do with this trade deadline at the quarterback position because I think that'll tell us a lot about their yeah. intentions. And, and if if they do sign somebody that you know is is very capable of winning games. Then they're, you know, could be saying, hey, you know, they do the math, the the playoff math, and you know, Ian dived into it a little bit. But if you look at, you know, there's six, there's six almost locks in the playoffs right now, right? We have the four division winners, um, you know, call it, let's just call it Philly, Detroit, uh, Seattle, or Seattle or San Francisco, and it could be Philly or Dallas. So there, and then you whoever in the NFC South, Atlanta or New Orleans, we'll see. There's six. Those are six teams that are in the playoffs right there's one there's one there's one slot left and so if you count out the giants and the packers and uh the bears and the panthers and the cardinals then there's you know five teams left yet washington minnesota either atlanta or new orleans whoever when the whoever does win that division and tampa bay and then the Rams. so mm-hmm. so we're competing against essentially four teams for one playoff berth and I think I don't think anybody. Washington is selling. We already talked about sweat is being shopped hard. Minnesota doesn't have a quarterback, and they're shopping. You know, Danielle Hunter. Um, and then we're talking about Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. I mean, those are you know. So that's the that's the NFC playoff math. And I think the Rams could say, you know what, let's just 
let's play it out. You know, let's get if we lose to the Packers or we lose one of these games, we we absolutely have to win. Then we know, you know, this we're not we're not there. But all the teams that we lost to, that this is the positive side, the glass half full. All of these teams we've lost to, um, short of Pittsburgh, are you know all viable playoff teams, right? You know, you're, you're just you know the, the other guys are San Francisco and 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 uh, Cincinnati and Dallas and the Eagles, right? All solid teams. So hey, let's go get a quarterback, mm-hmm. um, a backup quarterback that can play. You know, whether it's Brissett or Dalton or Wentz or whoever it is. Trying Carson Wentz. Yeah, and let's and let's roll. And let's roll. And let's roll with it and let's see if we can win some games and make a run in a playoff berth, right? And let's um we're not gonna put any any other uh unless they're a a long-term future asset like sweat or somebody that we know we can resign. Um let's not invest in anything, you know, we're certainly not doing any short-term rentals. Let's make sure there's plenty of slots for these young guys to play. And let's see what we, and let's, and let's, let's keep the season alive from a, from an energy perspective, right? Let's not just try to mail it in and turn it into a, a full on, you know, audition for next year with all these guys, which, you know, isn't the end of the world, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not keeping Rams fans. They already sent out a notice that they're, they're looking for, uh, uh, an increase in season ticket prices and everything else, right? They got to put a, a product on the field for these fans. So, um, keep Listen, them home. Uh, Tom, to your point, ready, ready for this, Ian? You're gonna love this. You think Philly knew that uh, that Nick Foles was gonna catch fire when they won? <laughs> you think you think the Ram? Do you think the Rams knew that Kurt Warner was gonna catch fire? Yeah, there's, right? been, there's been a few guys like that. So. Yeah, so it's worth the roll of the dice. You think the Dodgers in '88 when they took down Oakland? So listen, it, it that's sports. That's the bottom line. You got to be in it to win it, and it's worth a roll of the dice. There are you know, there's enough there. And listen, nobody's pulling away in the NFC. It's like almost like they don't want it. You know, Kansas, yeah. Kansas City took advantage of that last year, right? And the the Rams can do both things at once, right? They can develop for next year. And still try and be competitive. The only thing they're doing is giving up, you know, some draft slot draft slots if they're trying to win games. And yeah. you see all these other sellers just kind of backing out of the deal, you know, like like the Giants, you know, with Leonard Williams today, just you know, punted and so forth. So, I, but I don't think the Rams' mentality is, especially you know, coming back into this market, they're not gonna, they're not doing that. They don't have enough brand equity in the city to do that. So it's going to be continue to try to win but don't give up anything that would hurt our chances next year. And so to me, what quarterback they sign is going to be very telling on where their mentality is. And do they sell any other players? And we haven't even talked about that, right? We talked about maybe Bryson Hopkins, but, but I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see if they're set. If they sell any piece of this team that could be uh, valuable next year, then we know that'll be very telling as well. So what if so. what if they can unload no boom and roll it out with Dotson for the rest of the year? They yeah. Well, I mean that that's that was the case, right? It was, you know, Lark, Avila, Shelton, Dotson, and Havenson when no boom was ready to go last week. Yeah. So I mean, 
I mean, but, you know, I think yeah. I think they won't because we're scarred from last year's O line <laughs> disaster. I just think they won't because they're like, no, we can't take that. We can't take that chance because yeah. it already happened. Imagine if yeah, no one was, wasn't here when happened. They, be they won't even cut Zach Thomas. He's still. Oh my God! Please, yeah. Don't they mention won't him. even. Cut, they won't even cut him. And that's how. That's how. That's how fearful they are. They're not, yeah, they're not. I gonna get it. They're not going to get rid of. Yeah, no boom. Actually, I wanted to mention him earlier when we were talking about some bright spots. I feel like he's done a pretty admirable job as you know that that sixth lineman filling in wherever they yeah. needed him. Right. I really do. I feel like he's. You know, he went from left tackle, which was his position, and then he he played um, in this last week. He filled in for Havenstein. I don't know. I, I think he did okay. Um, he certainly wasn't having his name called out. And uh, so, yeah, I feel like he did okay. I feel like he's done okay. He filled in well. He's played well at guard. Um, you know, he's a, I think he's obviously way overpaid for a backup lineman but that's the issue uh, tom but yeah well that's the issue right but is now that he's a backup lineman nobody's going to take that salary and you know off of off of him so um but the point is is that you know he has done fairly well filling any gap we needed on the offensive line which you know something something to be said for that if you're gonna you know make lemons out of a 40 million dollar glass of lemonade yeah. All right. Well, guys, on that, we'll wrap this up. Good, good session. And uh, yeah, well, uh, who knows? Maybe we'll even come back later in the week after this trade deadline, if anything happens and uh, answer if there's any answers to any of these questions we've asked here as we're taping on Monday evening. And uh, but uh, great to have you. Um, thanks, Ian. Thanks, Paul. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, catch up with you guys next time. Run to win. Double barrel ram horns. Gosh, it's, it's, just run the damn football, please, Coach McVay. <laughs> please. Is please, that Woody please. Hayes or Ian? Ian and Woody Hayes. It's just please. I mean, it's just everything. Everything is on you, Coach McVay. Get bring more back the run the wishbone. game. Bring uh, back why, the wishbone. Gosh, I mean, why not run some wing T double double wing? Why not? But it's on you, Coach McVay, if we win or lose on Sunday, no matter who's the quarterback. Do we run it with diversity or not? That'll decide the game. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Catch up with you next time. Peace. Hey, we're doing our loop around the league a little bit differently. This week, at the end of yesterday's episode, I did a status update on the AFC, talked about each division, big games we need to look at, and I'm doing the same for the NFC today. Let's start with the NFC East, the Eagles 7-1 and one in control, but don't count the Cowboys out. They're 5-2. and two. The Commanders 3-5. and five. I guess they have a shot, not counting them out yet, but they have to fix their offensive line problems. Sam Howe is getting hammered. And they have already started their fire sale. Montez Sweat and Chase Young both traded. So maybe that's an indication of how the commanders feel about their chances. And the Giants, 2-6, and six, they're already on my list of teams who can check out for this year. See you next season. Big game this coming week, next Sunday, Cowboys at the Eagles. If the Eagles win that game, really solidifies their position as the winner of that division and a potential number one seed. I think it's between them and the Lions for that NFC number one seed. NFC North, the Lions six and two. Vikings on a bit of a win streak, four and four, but who's their quarterback? 
This week, it'll be Jaron Hall, and the following week, probably the newly acquired Josh Dobbs. The Packers, 2-5, and five, but Jordan Love is doing a belly flop. They're going nowhere. And the Bears, 2-6, and six, they're pretty much done as well. Big game. Now, the Week 10 game, Lions at Chargers, is interesting. But look at the Lions' next set of games after that. They play the Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, and Broncos. And that's why they may actually have the inside track at the number one seed. Maybe they can leapfrog the Eagles. NFC South, Falcons and Saints, both four and four. The Bucks three and four. The Saints, one and six. What a mess. None of these teams have what it takes to win a Super Bowl. One of them's going to be in the playoffs, though. Two, I highly doubt it. Big game. The next game that I could find between any of the top three teams, Week 12, Saints at Falcons, that'll be a big game. And then you have the NFC West, the Seahawks. The Seahawks in first place, 5-2. and two. I think the Rams will beat them in Los Angeles. The 49ers, 5-3. and three. Purdy is struggling. Key guys are banged up. Boy, a few weeks ago, people were talking 17-0 and and a Super Bowl title. Gotta wonder now. The defense has actually struggled recently, but they have that at Chase Young. That's got to help. The Rams 3-5, and five, but hopefully they've hit rock bottom and they can run off a couple wins here against the Packers and then after the bye week, Seattle. The Cardinals 1-7 and seven, and it's Clayton Toon time. He'll be taking over for Josh Dobbs. Rather than talk about the big games in this division, let's talk about the next three weeks. Week 9... The Rams got to beat the Packers while the Seahawks are losing to the Ravens. Week 10, 49ers come back from their bye. The Rams will be on a bye. Let's hope the 49ers lose at Jacksonville. Seattle will probably take care of the Commanders at home, but that's not a gimme. And week 11, the Buccaneers at the 49ers. That should be a win for the 49ers. And Seahawks at the Rams. Rams got to win that one too. If all of that comes to pass, the 49ers and Seahawks will be 6-4, and four, and the Rams will actually be sitting pretty at 5-5. Five and five. The next three weeks are going to be extremely important in the NFC West. going to do it for this episode remember you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com and don't forget about our youtube channel our handle is at laramsup.com till next time keep the horns up stay safe and have fun out there